Hello friends. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Think on These Things. Today, we're going to be looking at Mark 1, 12 and 13. Just a few verses, but a pretty powerful story. Last night was the Super Bowl, and after watching five hours of television, CBS got me locked into another show just by simply starting it. And before I could turn the TV off, I was hooked. The new show was The Equalizer, starring Queen Latifah. It was a great crime kind of drama uh, where there's, you know, clear good and evil. A lot is at stake. There's a very capable, competent, intelligent main character who's able to overcome that's Queen Latifah. She was just awesome in it. And she had a team of people who were helping her. And it was just a wonderful, it was just great TV, I thought. It was very, very dramatic, but it was all wrapped up in, in an hour. And it was just very satisfying. It was great. I loved that show. And I've been thinking about that show as I look at these two little verses that we're going to read together this morning. There's also drama in these two verses. There's clear good and evil. There's a team that Jesus seems to have, like Queen Latifah had a team. And it's a battle. There wasn't an all-out battle in the Equalizer. It was, you know, it seemed like on a small stage. But overarching was this theme of good versus evil. And we see that in today's passage as well. The Equalizer was a great plot and everything that was wrapped up in about an hour. We only have two verses, so it takes not more than a couple seconds to read, but things are definitely not wrapped up in this story about Jesus. We're left kind of wondering um, what's going to happen. There's not a lot of details. Mark gives us very few details about the temptation of Jesus. The other Gospels fill it in more. But I really want to respect Mark's telling of it and just stay in, in his text and not compare it to the other ones, mostly because of time, but also because it's great to just allow the gospel writer to follow the storyline that he's interested in. So I'll let this little passage speak for itself. I'll say a few more things after we've read it a couple times. But today, it's so short that I thought you might like to give it a try to sort of memorize it. And I say sort of because when I memorize things, I don't really do word for word. Sometimes I do, but I like to do concept or big word memorization. So I like to remember, you know, maybe some key words or some key thoughts in a passage. But this one is so short. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if we can essentially just memorize it to the point where we can recount it back fairly quickly. So let's try that. All it takes is attention. Uh, we just attend to the passage, try to listen, and then try to recall it right after we read it. So let's do that. I'm going to read it, and then you just, you know, latch things into your brain that you want to remember and then I'll give us some time to recount it. Okay, so here we go. Mark 1, 12 and 13. At once, 
the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels attended him. All right, go ahead and either out loud if you can, or just in your head, try to recount what I just read. Well, I'll be honest, that was harder than it was the other day. <laughs> Focus, things you're thinking about, all that changes when you're trying to memorize something. And it's hard when it's just uh, something you're listening to. I have the benefit of having it right in front of me as well, uh, so I can read it, but it can be, um, I don't know, it's kind of fun, it's kind of challenging. I'm going to read it again so you can see what you missed in your last recounting and maybe have some new things attached to your brain and maybe I will too. <laughs> All right, here we go. Mark 1, 12 and 13. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. Right. Take a moment to allow yourself to remember phrases or words or to try to make some images of this that I just read so that you can remember it better. And I will do the same. Good. Way to attend to this. Um, let's go into thinking about how this passage has made us feel. As I was trying to memorize it the last in the last little couple seconds we had there, I was realizing I was kind of empathizing with Jesus. Like, wow, that would be really hard. It's one thing, you know, to watch television show that you know is not real and you can get up and get a snack or whatever and you can pause it and and to be provided with entertainment and then turn it off and go to bed you know that's one thing but to be in the middle of a drama as you know is very very different than watching one on tv drama can be so exciting when it's someone else's it can be so fascinating when it's somebody else's life who's on the line but when it's our own, it's really intense. It's exhausting. We feel despair. We feel like we're going to die. We feel like we're going to give up in some cases. Um, those aren't just feelings. Those are realities. The stakes can be really high in real life. I think it's safe to say that this was not an easy temptation for Jesus. Like I said before, we can go to other Gospels and find out how difficult it is, it was, because we have more details provided to us there. 
But what's interesting to me about Mark's account of this difficult time in Jesus' life is that it follows right after his baptism, so it's a difficult time followed, uh, following right after a very high point where the skies are torn open and he hears God saying, this is my son whom I love, I am well pleased with him. The spirit is resting on him like a dove. And now that same spirit is leading him out into this place where he will have this confrontation with Satan. And there's an old song, well, I don't know if it's an old song, actually, I think it's been redone. So it's both, it's old and new. But anyway, it talks, it's all the way my Savior leads me. And when we think about being led by our Savior, being led by Jesus, by God, by the Holy Spirit, I, the way it's usually talked about and it's been presented is, you know, he'll lead you just to the, to the right you know, person to marry, to the right home, to the right place to live. And I think God definitely does that. But sometimes the right place or the right thing or whatever is not without its fair share of conflict and suffering and difficulty. (laughs) And so here we see the Spirit leading Jesus out into the wilderness. And this actually harkens back to a verse in Deuteronomy that I'm going to read to you. There's actually a lot of parallels so far between Mark's story about Jesus and the story of the Israelite people in the Old Testament. So Mark recounted Jesus' baptism and then Jesus being compelled to go into the wilderness. And in the Old Testament, after the Hebrew people were delivered up out of the waters, up out of the waters of Egypt, because they were delivered out of slavery. That corresponds to Jesus coming out of the waters of baptism. And then immediately, God led the people of Israel into the desert. And he said explicitly, like, it's because I was going to test you to see what's in your heart. So this is what this verse is about. Deuteronomy 8.2 Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you could keep his commands. The same thing that happened to Israel, real high point of being let out of slavery and through water and then going into the wilderness is now happening to Jesus, uh, just in a more condensed time frame. So now Jesus is out there in the wilderness being led, just like in Deuteronomy 8, we just read it said, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way. The Spirit is now leading Jesus out into the wilderness. And it's not a thing where the Spirit led him out and then kicked him to the curb. I believe the Spirit was with him the whole time, just as the Lord God was with Israel the whole time in the desert. Another reason that I think the Spirit was with him, not only because of what we read in the Old Testament, but this the section in Mark that we read, the Spirit leads Jesus out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days. He was tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and the angels attended him. Um, it almost seems like there's a team Jesus here in this drama. In the TV show that I watched last night, 
Queen Latifah had a team. She was an ex-CIA agent and she had connections from that career that she had had. And so she wasn't alone. And I think that was a wonderful part of the story is that she had others who could support her and that she could rely on. She wasn't going rogue and doing this by herself. And so as I come to this passage in Mark, I'm actually thinking about that. Jesus has the spirit who led him out there. Uh, And then he has, you know, he's tempted by Satan, who's the other character, this adversary who's come to test him. And then it says Jesus was with the wild animals and the angels attended him. So it's pretty clear that the angels, at least, were also on Team Jesus. They were sent to attend him and to minister to him. And the wild animals is a little less clear. Some commentators think the wild animals are mentioned to add to the danger of this this scene that Jesus is in, this temptation. Others think it is to show that, hey, the wild animals are actually on Team Jesus. They are peaceful because he's their creator and he is the one that was prophesied in Isaiah that the spirit would rest upon him. And there are also prophecies in Isaiah about wild animals dwelling peacefully together when uh, the servant of God would come and when the end of things would come and there would be peace. So some commentators think that these wild animals were truly like with Jesus, like they were companions for him, that there was a peaceful relationship that Jesus had with nature while he was out there. And I don't know. I certainly don't know uh, any more than the commentators do. And I don't know why Mark didn't just tell us. But Mark doesn't really tell us more than he has to. Uh, But I'm glad he left this detail in there about the wild animals and the angels attending to Jesus. So I talked about the show with Queen Latifah and how it was a clear good versus evil. And I think this brief passage about Jesus is too. Jesus is out there. He's already been heralded as the son of God in his baptism. This is my son whom I love. And now he grows, goes directly into this test, just like Israel did in the wilderness. And it's very important that Jesus pass this test, that Jesus get through these temptations without succumbing to idolatry. Because Israel didn't. They, they failed the test. They succumbed to idolatry. And for Jesus to be the perfect son of God, he needs to pass this test. And again, it's so interesting that Mark really doesn't say a whole lot about this at all. Mark doesn't give Jesus a grade. He doesn't even give him a pass-fail. But as we continue from the context, Jesus is about to go into his, I guess you'd call it more active stage of ministry. We really don't know what he was doing before this because the Gospels don't tell us a whole lot. But Jesus is going to start doing a lot of things. And you can tell that he's going to be doing these things by the Spirit of God. His relationship to the Father, to the Spirit, is so close. And so we know from other things in Mark and from the other Gospels that Jesus did pass this test. But Mark leaves it so spare.
rare and so sparse, which I think is kind of fascinating. So now it's your turn to process these two verses again. I'm going to read them again, and you can just enjoy. Just imagine this story. Maybe you can picture the scene a little better now after we've talked about it and tossed some ideas around together. So here we go. Mark 1, 12, and 13. At once, the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. Take a moment to imagine the scene, and then take a moment to just talk to Jesus about his experience. Maybe you can, I don't know, ask him a question or whatever comes to your mind regarding his temptation, or perhaps talk to him about a temptation that you are facing. Does knowing that Jesus went through temptation himself affect you in any way with the temptations that you are facing today? Jesus had some people on his team, well, some people, some persons, I should say, the spirit, the angels, possibly even the wild animals. Do you feel like there's anyone who's helping you through the things that you're facing right now? Do you feel surrounded and supported? Who's on your team? God bless you, friend. I think it's so interesting how when there's two verses, um, it's a longer podcast. <laughs> but anyhow, thanks for going there with me. Thanks for meditating on the word with me. It's been fun, y'all. God bless you guys.